Hi, Debbie. Good to have you on the show. It's great to be here, Hardy. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> so um, could you please share with us the story behind like starting your podcast, getting into entrepreneurship and all those different things? Yeah. So, um, so I grew up in Washington, D.C. in the U.S., and I grew up in what I would call kind of a cosmopolitan family, but also a very mystical family. So I call it a Claire family, like a clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient kind of thing. Mm. Right. My dad was uh, president of a bank, but he was also a yogi. My grandpa was in the FBI, but my grandma was a mystical homemaker. Um, you know, my mom was a VA before VAs were a thing, but she was also very much um, gifted spiritually. And so for many years, um, I when I was a kid, I would talk to people about things. And for many years, I hid that side of myself because I got teased a lot one time as a child for talking about some deceased relatives that visited us for dinner. <laughs> and this kid was like, what are you, crazy? Dead people don't come to dinner, right? <laughs> and I went to my grandma and I was like, grandma, what? why are they calling me crazy? I don't understand because it was normal in my household to talk about those kinds of things. And she said, oh, honey, you can't tell anyone what we talk about at home or they'll lock you in a rubber room and throw away the key, right? So um, so I focused a lot of my life on the external. I quickly learned that there was this part of me that was very real and rich, and it was my experience, but there was also, uh, that was not safe to share. So I went in and I focused on achievement, and I went to Carnegie Mellon. I got a dual degree in information decision systems and management, went to work for Oracle Corporation, and um, I was sitting down one New Year's Eve. And I wrote out my kind of what you call bucket list nowadays. The movie wasn't out yet, but it was a bucket list. <laughs> and um, and I found a list from two years prior. And I was looking at both the lists and I'm like, okay, so they're the same. In two years of my life, I've done nothing of the things that I say are most important for me to do. And I thought, well, this is unacceptable, right? I've got to do something about this. So I scheduled one of those a month. And I, that year I went scuba diving, became a licensed skydiver, traveled Europe, um, ran a marathon. I mean, it was a crazy year, right? And at the end of the year, I looked at my list and I was like, okay, well, it's mostly How old were you back off. then? Or when did this happen? <laughs> I'm dating myself by saying the bucket list was not yet. I was in my 20s. <laughs> mm -hmm. Got it, got it, got it. And uh, yeah, and so, and I was like, okay, so, well, now what? Because I thought I was doing all these things to someday, you know, be, you know, able to yeah, I was making money to be able to do these things someday and it would be really fulfilling for me. And it, it really wasn't, you know, there was something missing and I thought, okay, well, if it's not about acquisition, like it, the thing that we're looking for in life, the meaning, right. Cause I was, um, you know, I was, had plenty of money to buy things and it wasn't about the experiences cause I was having a lot of amazing experiences, although they were stretching me as a human. And right? how were you, uh, like making the money back then? Sorry. So, so I worked for Oracle corporation. Okay, okay, I, had a, okay, I had a nice, okay. Nice yeah. job there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I was like, well, it's not about the experiences. Maybe it's about something else. And I went to this um, workshop or a big event, actually, with um, with one of the leaders in the coaching industry. And he said, hey, if you're looking to make a difference in the lives of other people, we're starting this coaching division. Go ahead and apply. And mm. so I was like, OK, I, maybe it's about contribution. Maybe if I make a difference, it will be that. Right. And so. I left corporate. I went to work for uh, for his company for a while. And then what I was noticing was, while I was loving making a difference for people, and I definitely had a lot to contribute, I felt like there was something inside of me that was like pushing on my heart and my soul, but I couldn't quite figure out what it was. Uh, and I wasn't really finding the fulfillment that I had been seeking. And so I ended up leaving the coaching uh, company and going out on my own and doing my own coaching practice. And this was cool. back in 
2000, I think it was <laughs> dating myself yet again. Anyway. <laughs> and, um, and so, and I went out and I, and I did a lot of soul searching. I tried a lot of different things. I wrote a kid's book. I got, um, cool. state licenses. I mean, I just tried a whole bunch of different things. I mm. did my series 65 and 66 and I, I, yeah, I was exploring and I was trying to figure out what this thing was that was pushing on my heart and my soul while I was coaching and doing, you know, the things that I, I normally would do consulting. And, um, I was sitting on a plane from San Diego to DC and back again. I live in San Diego now and I was listening to this podcast on podcasting and I was like, Hmm, I think I want to do a podcast. So when I got back, I called up my friend and I said, Hey Flavia, you know, I really think I want to launch a show. And so she's like, that's really interesting. Me too. And I was like, okay, well let's, let's do it. And we have been doing some Kindle book launches for our books together and and I said, well, how long do you think it'll take? She said, I think it'll probably take about two months. I'm like, okay, let's give ourselves two months. And um, and here's the thing. I didn't know what I wanted to do it on because I was having a hard time figuring out what I wanted to share. I was great at reflecting to other people and sourcing them. But when it came to me sharing my message, I was like, I don't know what to, I want to share. So she said, well, you know, you've had that spiritualentrepreneur.com domain since 99, you know, maybe... <laughs> Really? Like for you were holding it for like several years. Well, I so. used it a little bit, but I never put it out fully. Like I used mm. it some, but it was mostly, you know, business card or whatever. But I just wasn't putting it out there in a big way. So she's like, mm. why don't you use that for the show? And all of a sudden that terror of the little five year old that got kind of picked on as a child came up and I'm like, I can't talk about that. Like, I can't let people know that I'm spiritual. They'll lock me in a room and throw the key in my head, right? That's what I'm thinking. And so uh, and so she said, well, honey, you got 72 hours. That or something better. Pick it, right? And you love friends like that, right, that that keep you in, accountable. And so mm. I went 72 hours, and I didn't feel anything else that was better. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. And so it was terrifying for me to start my podcast because I was mm. like, you know, the entrepreneurship where I could kind of cloak myself felt very safe. And I would, you know, I worked with some amazing people when I was doing my coaching practice and all of that, but um, I didn't have to be the person sharing my message. They were sharing theirs and I was helping source them. And so I waited, you know, we usually launch with three episodes and the first two were easy for the interviews, but boy, me sharing my intro episode, I waited to two months at midnight <laughs> that night. And I literally gave myself three tries that day to put my episode out. I'm like, you get three and that's it. You can replace it if you have to, but you're putting it out, you know, <laughs> and I pushed yeah. publish and no, uh, spiritual police came and locked me up. <laughs> it took me away. I was fine. And, um, and this is back in 2016 and my life completely changed. I started to realize that, you know, other people were sharing their message and it was safe now. It would, might not have been safe when I was little, but it was safe now. And I could start to talk about what was really important to me. And for the first time, I started to experience this um, relief on that part of me that kept pushing. It was like my soul knew it was going to get to express. And I started to realize that there's true fulfillment where it lies is in our expression of that soul's voice, that gift that's uniquely ours in service to humanity. And I really feel like all the other things are wonderful and I, I don't knock them. I'm happy to acquire. I'm happy to have experiences. I love making a difference. And I feel like it's the, that expression of the soul's voice where we get to discover, you know, really who we are and get to be a bigger contribution that, that really makes a difference, at least for me. And my yeah. clients do actually, they have the same experience. So that's how I kind of have come into it. And 
we've been going really great. We've got, uh, we were nominated for a podcast people's choice award. Um, we've been number one in spirituality in Finland and <laughs> we're, we're ranking really well in Australia and the U S under the spiritual category and all of that. So, uh, all over the place, things have been going great. And then I've started to help people do their own podcasts. So I have a podcast on purpose course now where I help people do their own shows and I continue to source spiritual entrepreneurs and leaders in getting their you know, voice of their soul out in a profitable venture or on their own media platform. So, <laughs> so, um, I think, um, a big, uh, takeaway for everyone who is listening to this right now is that, um, experimentation or exper uh, experimenting a lot is like so, 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 so important in life because, um, I think most people stick with the wrong thing or the wrong business or the wrong hobby for like way too long. For instance, um, I was doing a million different things before I uh, stumbled into the podcasting game and it has been like the best decision in my life by far. So, um, yeah. <laughs> what do you mind me asking? What was that like that point of decision for you when you said, you know, that defining moment, if you will, when you were like, okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> so um, basically I was reading a treat. Um, it sounds silly, but um, from uh, one guy, his name is uh, Naval Ravikant. He's like a prolific investor in uh, Silicon Valley. And um, he was explaining the importance of uh, compound interest and leverage and building a brand. And I've realized that all the guys who are really, really killing it in life, they all have a big brand and they all have the big like internet persona. So I thought, man, I should have one too. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why I've created the podcast. And um, at first I didn't really enjoy it because I was doing uh, marketing videos in German. And um, I thought it was like so boring talking about things that I already knew all the time. I thought like, man, this is silly. Like I'm, I'm talking about stuff. It's like, it doesn't excite me. I don't, I know all about this. And um, that's why I was listening to a few like interview podcasts, such as uh, uh, Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan's on occasion and sometimes James Artichur's podcast. And I was like, man, I should be interviewing people. So um that's how we got here. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, it's interesting because the things that we get bored with are things we think everybody would know. And they're like, what? I've never heard of that before. Yeah. You know? Fascinating, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, often, um, often uh, when something doesn't excite you at all, it maybe can mean, mean the word or make a big difference for another person. So, um, but for me, like, uh, talking all the time about myself and sharing stuff that I know is like, um, I like it every once and then, but I couldn't do it on like a daily thing or I couldn't do it weekly or something like that. Like for instance, I'm at the moment, uh, publishing around like five episodes per week on my pop podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's like play for me. It's like, I would, I would do this even if I wouldn't be making like any money off the podcast. So, um, I I'm enjoying time. I'm yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, could you please share with us, um, what would you tell to someone who might be interested in starting a podcast? Because, um, I think there are so, so many people out there that want to start a podcast nowadays and everyone is talking about the importance of podcasts and how the uh, platform is growing every day and so on and so forth. So what would you tell them? And yeah. Yeah, so I would say you're on to something because I think podcasting is definitely growing. Um, you know, Spotify bought 
Gimlet and Anchor, which are kind of like the high end yeah. and the low end of the market. Um, they did a market share grab for it was like over 320 million or something. And uh, last, yeah, in the past, I think it was a year last year. Time flies when you're having podcasting fun. But um, and there's a lot of money that's going into the industry, which is a good indicator that it's it's basically on on a growth trajectory. And ad revenue, I think, has grown over a thousand percent or something in the last, mm-hmm. I think it was five years. So you're on to something if you are wanting to do podcasting. And one of the great things about podcasting is the unique relationship that you can develop with the people who listen to you. Because if you think about it, there's really no other medium where you get to spend time with someone other than maybe radio in their ear and their day-to-day life, going around with them where they're like in the gym, they're at home, they're in their car. I mean, most people listen in places where they kind of do their day-to-day thing. And 85, I think it's 85% of listeners listen to a hundred percent of the episode. And most episodes are, you know, longer. How long are your average? Yeah. 80, it's over 85%. Yeah. Hello guys. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, around, uh, around an hour or two maximum. Okay. Yeah. 90 minutes, I would say it would be the average. Okay. So for me, 40 minutes to an hour usually. So Mm. let's just say 40 minutes to two hours that you're getting to spend time with, you know, the people that you're most, you you know, you have obviously some sort of attraction together in some way, like you're, you're obviously sharing the same journey. Um, Your ideal people you'd want to talk to and spend time with, and you get to share your time with them. And probably one of the most intimate ways, I mean, you think about it, how many people do you let speak directly into your ear? Like for me, it's a handful and my podcaster host that I listen to, right? So yeah. it's just a very unique uh, relationship that you can build. And I would also tell you this, if there is something that is pushing on your heart and your soul and you've been feeling um, that draw, for me, it's really, I teach about podcasting on purpose for a reason, because I really do believe that each one of us has a soul's voice that we're here to express, right? And that we have a gift that really no one else can do in the way that we do it. And so if you're feeling that pushing in your heart and your soul, there's a reason. And a podcast platform is a great way to get your message out. It's safe. I mean, I did it. I was terrified when I put my Me first hour. <laughs> and, uh, and you can push publish and just see what happens, right? I mean, it's it doesn't have to be live. I mean, you can do some live episodes and then push them to the podcast platforms. But the podcast platform specifically, you know, you have some time. It's evergreen. The content's up there forever. So you've got a lot of support for what you're doing. You know, people can find you whenever. And um, and I would say this, choose something that you could talk about forever. Like That's something that advice. you love. Yeah, that you would talk about no matter what with your close friends or whatever. Because here's the thing. if you If you choose something like that, you'll keep podcasting. If you choose that thing that pushes on your heart and your soul, that, that's your gift. You're going to keep going because pod fate is a thing. A lot of people that choose things that aren't their passion or they focus a lot on the areas that they don't enjoy, like editing or some people love editing. I'm not saying that, but <laughs> they don't focus on their gift in the show. Um, yeah. It becomes challenging. So you've got to really make a commitment. I would say the the thing that's going to make you most successful is consistency you want to set a date that you're going to be launching your shows and recording your shows and stick to it no matter what. Treat it like you're, um, some commitment that you would have to your health or to a relationship. Like it, it could be like a date night kind of level thing or a you know, gym level thing. You, you do it. You just go. Mm. And so um, put that together in advance. Line it up. 
pre-plan it. And if you don't like editing, outsource, do not do stuff you don't enjoy, focus on the gift of what you're about. And something that I love to do too, um, when I'm going in to do my interviews or my episodes is I, I pray it in. So I basically will state an intention for my episodes that they, um, really serve the listeners and the people that they're reaching in the deepest way that everything that we bring together will, um, be guided and directed to also serve the person who is my guest as well as to grow the show. So there's things that you can also do on an, on a set it and forget it kind of level, (laughs) uh, where you may be like, Oh, what if I didn't ask the right question or I said the wrong thing or, you know, and you don't need to worry about that because it's already prepaved for you. So yeah, and um, I like what you've mentioned about like uh, finding something you really love talking about because there's like a great quote that I love, and it's something like, um, if you have to talk about something specific, like you should get a new audience. And I really <laughs> believe in that because um, like when I was talking about marketing, like I love marketing because we are running in mar- a marketing ad- uh, agency or advertising agency, but um, I couldn't talk about it like day and night. But um, on my interview podcast, I can invite marketers like once in a blue moon and have a great day uh, or have a, record a great episode with them. But I could never, ever, ever interview a marketer like every day. Like uh, it would be ter- it would be so boring for me. So um, I think it's like really important to know like um, what you lo- love to talk about. And I'm interested in many different things. And um, a lot of people are telling me like, oh, you should niche down. Oh, you should only talk about entrepreneurship. Oh, you should only talk about fitness. You should only talk about spirituality. I don't want to do that. Like um, there are countless of examples of podcasters that are serving a broad audience and are making a killing. Um, there are a lot of people that are niching down their podcast, like very, very specific, and they don't make any money whatsoever. So um, I think, yeah, think for yourself and um, you should only publish things you really love. So, um, yeah. It's your show. You get to do with it what you want. And that's one of the yeah. great things about podcasting. It's the platform. The roots are all made up. The roots exactly. are all made up. <laughs> good. <laughs> so um, I think that nowadays there's a trend where someone who is like publishing, for instance, a lot of podcasts or who is like writing a lot of, a lot of blog posts, they're saying something like, oh, you should be doing this. But I think that the podcast medium isn't for everyone. I think um, for most of you guys, it probably isn't the right medium. A lot of people um, are like very, very, very introverted. They might, uh, they should probably write a blog post or a blog post or publish a blog, or they should maybe uh, start writing a book or something like that. And another guy maybe who is listening to this might be great in front of a video. Um, so they should be like um, publishing YouTube videos. So um, I think it's really also important to know like where your strengths are and double down on them instead of like focusing on the medium. I think um, podcasting is probably the right thing for some of you, but not for everyone, I would say so. Um. Yeah, can I add to that a little bit too? So I I agree that it's not for everybody, especially, and there's pieces of it too that are not gonna be for everybody. Like some pieces are gonna be more technical that you may not wanna do if you're not a technical person. Some people geek out on editing because they just love to play with sound. So you'll figure out what your thing is, but also you can, in podcasting now, you can really make it a part of an overall solution. So. 
like you can use Zoom, um, the Zoom platform, and you can, with Zoom webinars, you can uh, stream live into Facebook. You can use something like LiveLeap to have it to go to multiple groups and notify people on LinkedIn and Twitter that you're live, right? Um, and then you can repurpose, as long as it's configured properly, you can repurpose the audio from that. So you're doing the video into Facebook, repurpose the audio for that for your podcast and put that there. And then you can take the actual stuff that you're doing on um, the, the video, save it, rename it, retag it, do all the marketing stuff that I'm sure that you know about, and then <laughs> put it over to YouTube so that you can grow, uh, you know, you can grow multiple platforms at the same time. So if you love video too, don't give up on podcasting if it's something you could also. Sure, you can do both. Yeah, Yeah, sure, sure. Great advice. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like um, I'm doing everything. So (laughs) I'm publishing blog posts, I'm doing video, I'm doing. So um, (laughs) I I don't think there's like the right answer. Like um, I think if you won't be consistent with it like what's the use like if you block like once in the blue moon and you do it for fun great but i don't think you will build an audience like over the long term and like my audience like like all of it is on the podcast platform for instance because i'm not spending any time on social media mm-hmm. and uh, some people love instagram and they put a lot of effort into their photos and editing them and um I think you can also do that. So, um, yeah, I think it's really about like knowing what you want out of life and knowing your strengths. So, um, beautifully said. Yeah. <laughs> said. So, um, could you please share with us um, what have been for you personally uh, the biggest lessons on entrepreneurship? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I'll tell you, entrepreneurship is probably the best transformational seminar you could possibly take because it's going to cause you to grow and shift as a person as you go through it. Um, I think for me, a big part of it was learning that, you know, a lot of the things that people teach, because I've done a lot of study over the years, obviously, I've, I've been, I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in my own education and and things over the years. One of the reasons why I chose to launch The Spiritual Entrepreneur is because I really believe that a lot of what we're taught in entrepreneurship are the tactical pieces. And I think they're very important. I think that knowing the the right steps for you to take are important. However, um, it can be really easy in entrepreneurship to look at someone else who's doing something and say, okay, well, I want what they have, so I'm going to do what they do. And what I found... I, I already love this. I already yeah. love this. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what I found, and one of the reasons why I started The Spiritual Entrepreneur is because I feel like a lot of people that teach the tactics leave out like the 99.9% of what really creates the results. And that's the consciousness behind what you're doing. It's the mindset that you bring to it. It's the energy that you bring to it. It's, it's your unique consciousness. And so... Um, you can take steps all day, but if they're not in alignment with your own soul, your own consciousness, they're not going to have the same impact. And a lot of the people that you'll talk to behind closed doors that are very successful will tell you, you know, these are these other things I I do that are my habits that I have. These are the, the affirmations I use. This is the meditation practice I have. These are the um, you know, connections that I focus on, you know, these are the things that I've done to shift and clear these other beliefs that I've had. There's other things that people are doing that they're not talking about <laughs> or those little moments where, you know, kind of the universe, you set an intention and something shows up mm. that you didn't plan. That's not part of those steps. And so what I would just Very say, powerful. 
in entrepreneurship, you need to take your own journey. There is no cookie cutter, like direct line to success. And even if you create success with the cookie cutter, you won't experience the fulfillment that comes with it unless you're willing to express the voice of your own soul, be in alignment with your own self, follow your own intuition to allow that to guide you to what it is that you're meant to experience and what you're meant to uh, to bring. And you won't have the impact that you can have either if you're living someone else's journey because you think it's what success should be or how entrepreneurship should look. Um, I really, that's been a big lesson for me is learning to just kind of take the path less traveled, but my own soul's path and kind of find my way. So I'd say that's probably my biggest lesson. Very, I I love this lesson because um, I also think that really at the end of the day, like you can teach someone, for instance, like in uh, when it comes down to advertising or marketing or something like that, like you can teach them a few things and they will get like incrementally better, like a few percentages. But um, if someone sucks at advertising, like you can make uh, him, uh, he won't be like a great advertising person. guy like it won't happen i think at the end of the day everything is art and um for instance um i think people are like really silly when they think okay when i'm painting for 10 10,000 hours i will become picasso like i think it doesn't happen like that and if you read all the books about like how to paint and how you should be painting and you are listening all to all the podcasts about painting and you're reading all the books about painting and watching all the videos like you won't become picasso like <laughs> even after 20 years so I think it's really important to understand that there might be some value in those things and you can get a little bit better, but if you suck at it, like you won't become Picasso. And that's why I also disagree with the 10,000 hour rule. I think it sounds great and it's a great dream for the masses, but I don't think it really works like that. Like if I, I could probably sing for 10,000 hours and I won't sing as good as Michael Jackson. So, um, <laughs> and, um, the second thing you've said, I think, is also like uh, I've lost my train of thought. But um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so, what what were we talking about? What what did you say? Um, Which part about about how you have to really um, the ninety nine percent ninety nine point nine percent of it is consciousness, or talking about not following someone else's steps? Yeah, or, not following someone else's yeah. steps. Because um, I think um, a big trap that a lot of, especially young entrepreneurs are falling into, they're listening to all the business gurus on what kind of business they should be starting. And I think this is the worst way to go about things because when you're like listening to what everyone else is listening to, um, you will have like a million different competitors. Like I'm not interested in having like a million different competitors. Like I want to have a monopoly in my niche. I like, I don't want any competitors whatsoever. So by definition, you can't listen to anyone and you have to think for yourself and you have to find your own way when you really want to make a lot of money. For instance, we are now launching like a completely different service and niche. And I'm getting today like emails like, man, we are making some serious money. So um, it wouldn't, ever ever happen um when i would be following like the steps of everyone else and i think uh, this is like the biggest mistakes that i see that everyone is doing they're trying to launch the same products that everyone is launching they're trying to publish the same courses that everyone is launching and um yeah look at their results they don't get anywhere so i think it's really well said and i you know i think too there's gonna be a unique mix that's you right so like yeah 
you know, I could focus on, for example, podcast courses and be like, okay, well, this person does it that way and that person does it that way. So I should do it that way too. But the truth is then I'm just like everybody else, like you said. So like I can actually take my Carnegie Mellon tech background. I can take my, you know, coaching background with Tony Robbins companies. I can take my, you know, Oracle corporate background. I can take my spiritual, I grew up with swamis, like all that background and the attraction and all that, put that together in the unique mix of what my course would be. So not many people would have like a consciousness library in their course, right? But for me, I think it's important that we, you know, really set the intention beforehand. You can actually send light to your RSS feed. Most people aren't going to teach that, right? <laughs> Who's going to talk about that? Probably yeah. not too many. You know, did I put it in a separate library? Yeah, right? It's in a separate space. And so yeah. is the tech library. But but you got to do you because it's what makes your stuff different. It's what makes mm. your voice, your soul's voice. And it's what's going to give you fulfillment. You won't find fulfillment not listening to that voice. It's just not going to happen. You've got to trust yourself, trust your soul that it has all the best answers. I mean, that's fundamental coaching is you really elicit the greatness from the other human. You don't tell them what to do. You pull out what's best in them. And I feel like we need to do that for ourselves, you know, if we really want to us. Yeah. And um, also like, 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 like you've said, um, for instance, you are like interested in entrepreneurship and spirituality, like sure you can combine it, like because I think for a fact there are like a million different podcasts on spirituality and probably also a million different podcasts on entrepreneurship. But um, I think a lot of people that are interested in quote unquote spirituality and entrepreneurship might probably listen to your podcast and you're having great success with your podcast. So it's obviously working. So um I think, yeah, a lot of people are caught up in all those made up rules and they think they only should do this and do that. And I think like it's really silly and you should think for yourself at the end of the day. And um, yeah, and also what you've mentioned about like launching your own courses, like sure, you can combine it. Like for instance, um, I know for a fact here, a German uh, guy um, who's like launching products um, where he's like um, uh, running seminars And he's teaching like people about marketing and advertising and about all those different things. But there's like also a lot of dancing and stuff like that, like for like Tony Robbins is doing. And like (laughs) the combination is so weird. And I'm like, I'm seeing guys in suits and they're dancing and clapping on a marketing seminar. I'm like, what the hell? And but this guy's making a killing, a killing. <laughs> like he's in his mid forties or something. He's making serious money. And um, I, I, when someone would ask me like, could something like this work? I would say, hell no. Like nobody would buy this. Nobody would go to uh, a seminar on marketing and dance and clap and sing and. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Look out! Yeah, they yeah. would. <laughs> <laughs> They would. Uh, And you may find, too, that like some amazing things come just by you doing your kind of your unique thing. Like like you're talking about, like there's people who do spirituality, do entrepreneurship. But like I was looking, I just went for kicks to Google and typed in spiritual entrepreneur. And one of the side benefits of having a podcast I didn't expect is that you get backlinks from all of these authority sites and it raises you in the ranking for your keywords. Like so... I went in and I'm like, oh my God, I'm ranking number one in my category. And I've been like one and two and all the audio is my show. And it's like right at the top under spiritual entrepreneur. And there's like 22 million or something, you know, results that get sent in. So being, if I had 
entrepreneurship podcast or <laughs> <Good night. laughs> that's it You're done. <laughs> you know maybe not right yeah uh, i think that uh, there's benefits right would you agree totally because um i for a fact all only know one person who has the same mix as you do and uh, her name is lisa peterson and you probably know her yeah that yeah lisa yeah 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 she has a podcast uh, her podcast is called like mindful millionaire and she's also like combining us, uh, quote unquote, spirituality and entrepreneurship. But um, Lisa Peterson, but that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she 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 has uh, a lot of success with it. I know for a fact. But um, yeah, I think most people don't have that mix. And um, yeah, for instance, I think that society really wants to uh, when we are introducing um us to other people like we are saying i'm an entrepreneur i'm this i'm that but um everyone who is listening to this is also a husband or a father or they're interested into fitness and i think we are not like one dimensional and society wants to tell us like we are only this and um i think yeah that podcast with a broad audience like look at joe rogan like this guy talks about everything and he's like the biggest podcaster in the world so um yeah yeah and i used to dread that question what do you do like who are you what do you yeah. do yeah okay how do i put myself into a little box you know what i mean yeah. like there's so many aspects right yeah. and if you're and nowadays it used to be that like we'd have one career maybe two if you retire and did some kind of like hobbyish career at the end but now it's like you do all sorts of things. And so, you know, what do you say? And so I've just started saying spiritual entrepreneur because it encompasses pretty much everything I do, right? Or host of the spiritual well, entrepreneur. People ask then, what's that, right? <laughs> yeah, which is great because then I can talk about it, right? And then I can get into the conversation. But for a long time, I was like, you know, I'm not just a coach and I'm not just an, a children's book author and I'm not someone who just writes some music and I'm not someone who teaches yoga and I'm not like... <laughs> Yeah. Stuff I was doing back then, like, you know, but, Crazy. um, but yeah, I think it's just honoring who you are and your path and just mm. being you doing you. And, you know, I think it inspires other people to do them, you know, be themselves. But I think it's easier said than done. Like I, for a fact, like I was putting an act on, on my first couple of episodes. Like I was trying to be extra nice to every guest and, um, yeah, I was definitely putting an act on in my first couple of episodes. So I think it's really hard for people to be themselves. It is hard, you know, and I will tell you, I hit it still like I, uh, I just interviewed Marianne Williamson. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's, um, she was a presidential candidate in the U S and she's also been like 30 something years. She's been a spiritual entrepreneur, like at an epic level. She's teaches course in miracles. She has a book called return to love. She my mom a loves a code course in miracles. She's okay. reading it every day. <laughs> I'm dating myself again. Here we go. No, <laughs> but it's powerful. It's really powerful. And she's just an extraordinary human and she's doing some amazing things in the world. And because I've kind of grown up with her, um, and she was teaching, doing something in the political space, which is new, new kind of new to me to talk about. I was like, I, ca I caught myself going, okay, well, I need to really prepare for this episode. And I really need to know like all of the candidates and I need to know what's going on with every little thing. And, and I had to stop myself and say, have you ever interviewed someone in that way before? 
Yeah, it's so and boring. I don't understand so people who, who overprep their interviews. Like they know everything. They can quote everything from every sentence in in their books from from the guests of their books. Uh, like I, I would get bored out of my mind doing that. Like um, remembering all the facts about my guests, it would be so boring. Yeah, well, and it kinks the hose. I believe so. I for me, the way I like to do episodes is very organic. Like I. I have two questions that are the same at the end all the time. And then the rest of it, it's really up for grabs. And I, it's literally a conversation with us and I'm guided and directed on what I want to ask. I listen from the audience's perspective. I listen from my perspective and we just have a really great conversation. Never have I taken the time to go and like, cause what I find is that I'm here and I'm not in yeah. my heart. And so I can't really be with the person if I'm in my head. And so mm. I had to stop myself and say, okay, I'm not going to do anything differently because I think I need to look smart. We're going to stop that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be present with this extraordinary human who's doing amazing things on the planet and just, you know, but I really wanted to do a good job for her. Like I really, you know, all those things. Yeah, were kind of I can relate to that. Yeah. And so when those things happen, I think it's really easy to fall out of alignment and do something that's not really in alignment with who we are just because we think it's how we should. It's those steps, right? Mm. And you got to really trust that your soul has all the answers, that you know what's right for you to do, and that you're going to show up the best if you show up as yourself. And it's tough. I love I your message. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally, totally, totally agree with that because um. Like you've mentioned, you've raised you have raised like a great point because um I think the need to impress is like the biggest barrier um to being truly authentic to yourself. And um I for a fact I really believe that um the only way to escape competition is like by being authentic. For instance, if I would try to be like Joe Rogan, like I would be like the worst um, imitation of Joe Rogan ever, probably. No, I'd so, be worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but um, so um, so I think like imitating others and trying to put an act on really doesn't get you anywhere. Like I can't be Tim Ferriss, I can't be James Altucher, I can't be none of those guys because I have like. I had did totally different experiences in my past. I lived a totally different life. I'm I'm totally living a different lifestyle. Like they're all like 20 years older than me, so. Um, I think it's really stupid to try to imitate others. Like, uh, yeah. And also, you you are you are talking to totally different people. Like, I'm attracting a totally different audience as you are attracting. Like, I'm a German male twenty something. Like, I will be attracting like totally different people than you are attracting. So obviously, those people are talking in a different language. Those people are thinking about different things, and that uh, then compared to someone who's like in their mid fifties or forties or something. So forties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not dating myself to that. That's not yet. <laughs> so. Um, could you please tell someone who is listening to our conversation right now um, who wants to be more authentic, but they yeah. think that everyone is judging them and they really have a hard time to open up and, um, quote unquote, be vulnerable. And um, yeah, what would you tell them? I would say um, it's a practice. I'd say that you're not going to get it right the first time. Like it's not something you just like shift you know, you flip a switch and it's all the time. I mean, I've been podcasting for a long time and I still catch myself going to that place of wanting to 
you know, do it right. Right. Or, you know, it's just part of it. <laughs> and, um, you know, my little five-year-old still afraid of being called like a freak or what, you know, there's parts of me when I'm sharing my spiritual message, I still sometimes am like, can I say that? I don't know. Are they going to think I'm completely What kind different? of weird things are you talking about? So no, <laughs> it's you... just, no, I mean, <laughs> see, it's like, no, it's just really the stuff that we've been sharing today. I mean, talking about consciousness or talking about, um, you know, I mean, I manifest crazy stuff in my life, but I do it what because, kind of well, like Miriam Williamson being on my show was one of them. <laughs> like I've manifested, uh, you know, a hundred K in a day. I've manifested 20 K in a month of, you know, manifested places in Crete and Sardinia and to stay like I've, I've manifested, um, a 12 day escrow. Like there's all sorts of things happen in my life. We manifested, my husband and I on our honeymoon manifested an upgrade onto Singapore airlines, like first class, like they literally had engine failure. We didn't mean for that to happen <laughs> on the plane, but we got brought back from Korean and ended up on Singapore airlines, right? Not intentional. You have to add with ease, grace, joy, and love in the highest and best way for all involved when you're creating things, just so you know, but there's things that I experience in my life that are really real for me that other people don't always experience because, um, they're not necessarily doing the same practices or it's maybe not in an alignment with their vibration yet. One of the things I work with people on is something called a consciousness upgrade where I help them to shift their vibration and stay in alignment with what they're wanting to create. So I would say... What do you mean by that? So what I mean is each one of us is operating in oh, a... Separate. Second, my charger. Oh, sure. <laughs> We're getting a charger yeah. upgrade. <laughs> I wasn't aligned with my vibrations probably before the podcast. So <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. Um, so um, so each one of us, if you think about everything in the, the quantum field, you know, we're operating basically all of us have like an energetic frequency and vibration. The um, microphone that I'm, I'm talking into is not in a solid state. It's actually moving particles and they're moving in, uh, in a uh, vibrational pattern. It's creating this microphone, right? Well, we all think we're in this solid state and that things are the way that they are. Like whatever we're experiencing, we feel like a lot of times we have to go in and um, move things around and do things in the physical world that change the effect. But what we don't always realize is that we're actually the cause of the effect of what we're experiencing. And that when we focus in and start to bring... I more really try to get that. Like how do you yeah. mean this? Okay, like so We are the about effect of... yeah. Yeah. So we're constantly creating our experience through our thoughts, our emotions, our focus, our words, right? Everything that we're vibrationally putting into this kind of cosmic soup that we're in, right? Mm -hmm. So um, so basically, but you know, the soup is something we're experiencing, but what we can happen, and it happens to me too, like I'm not always in my, you know, awareness until I go back into the habit of doing my meditation and bringing myself back to my own center, I can get really caught up in the collective unconscious if I'm not careful, um, is we start to look at the soup like, oh, we have to, you know, shift and change and do all these things to shift the soup. But we forget that when we change ourselves, the soup changes. Do you see what mm, I'm saying? Like we yeah, get a totally, different. Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah, so those are the some of the things I talk about, and there's practices that we can use to um, up level or upgrade our consciousness on an ongoing basis to change that vibration so that we're attracting and creating differently, rather than like doing all of the actions and the action steps trying to shift things in the physical world, thinking that's how we do it. We actually mm. shift ourselves and how we're showing up to create that. 
because uh, it's kind of insane when you think about it, when we're constantly trying to like change the things that we're creating out here, when all we really need to do is shift what's in here and the outside changes. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Totally. It's very, very powerful. And I think one or two uh, people who are listening to this are thinking now, man, this is too woo-woo. But um, I this think is- it's like <laughs> like really practical stuff because I was just thinking about an example in my own personal life where I was talking um, – on, on a not daily basis but weekly basis on a guy in my gym and this guy was like always negative and he was like always complaining about his work and his um uh girlfriend and everything and um like he he was always messaging me on whatsapp and he was like hey man can we go out to uh, work out together and do you have time next tuesday or something like that and um after like one or two weeks i was like hey man um I think <laughs> we don't really get together. Like I, I, I don't really like you to be honest. Uh, maybe we should part ways because um, this guy was like so negative and always complaining. Like I don't want to have those people. I have enough problems for uh, in my <laughs> life um, already. Like I don't need another one. So um, <laughs> I think um, if he would change his uh, his thoughts or if he would like change his mindset, um, he would like attract totally different people in his life. And um, I see it for, for instance, all the time with people who are attacking wealthy people. They're like, oh man, the wealthy, they shouldn't be spending their money on this. They shouldn't be buying this. And oh yeah. And, uh, but um, those people, when you are looking at their lives, they're all broke. And when you're looking at, their friends, they are all broke because no one who is wealthy wants to hang out with someone who is attacking the wealthy all the time. So I think like your beliefs and um, everything you are thinking about, those things have real consequences. And I think um, people think about their beliefs like way too lightly. So um, very good example. Yeah. And really, I think you can invite that person to make a shift. But if they're not, it's great not to engage in those conversations because it affects you for sure. And I do want to answer your question about being vulnerable because I do think yeah. that's a good one. Um, here's what I'd say about that. It, it's, a, it's a practice. So you're going to need to work on, on that. And here's, it's such a great opportunity to shift your vibration. So when you are putting yourself out there, the, the kind of take the courageous action of doing it. Right. And you can, I always say have a dive buddy. Like you wouldn't go scuba diving by yourself. If something happened to your oxygen, you want someone else there yeah. to give you a mask. So have people in your life, at least one other person that is conscious enough to take that journey with you, where you can kind of have the conversation with them that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm stepping into being a little more vulnerable. I might need a little extra support. Would you be willing to, you know, kind of cheer me on as I do it or whatever, or can I talk to you about it as, as I take these steps? Have someone, even if it's a, if it's someone you hire, if it's a friend, if it's a confidant, if it's a coworker, whoever, have someone that's there that'll help you get through any kind of extreme <laughs> issues that you might face. But when you do the vulnerability thing and you put yourself out there, mm. there's going to be something that shows up inside of you. And if you can actually not turn away from that and stuff it or numb out to it by you know, binging Netflix or drinking or whatever your, your thing is over exercising, whatever games, <laughs> like video games, right? <laughs> Need a podcast. Or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but allow yourself to go into it and bring your mm. focus and attention and allow yourself to really be like, okay, what are you here to teach me? Find that place in your body, wherever you feel that. Cause we all usually have it as a physical sensation, put your hand on it and just give it some time. 
and really be with whatever that feeling is and what it's trying to tell you and allow it to move through you and it will dissipate. And over time, it'll be replaced with more courage because the more that you do it and the more that you set up that feedback loop and you start to get stronger at it, it's kind of like working out a muscle. It will get stronger. Um, but it's a habit and it's something that you need to continue to choose. It's not something that may come naturally. Eventually, once a habit is so ingrained and you've done it long enough, then it becomes something that you'll just kind of choose automatically. But still check in with yourself every six months. And be like, <laughs> Am I really being aligned and vulnerable? Nah. Or you know what I'm saying? Or if you catch nah. yourself in the moment, it's always a choice. It's a breath choice away. Just take mm. a deep breath. <sighs> I got this. Okay. Well, this is the truth. You know, I said this, but the truth is this. Mm. And and you'll find that people respond, I find, way better to you when you're really yourself. Your people, the people you're meant to be around are going to really get you. Uh, and they won't be able to find you or get you unless you're willing to do that. And I, I struggle I, with it too. Like, yeah. I'm still habiting it. Like, <laughs> you know, look we at are, We all are. We all are. We all are. <laughs> I would say, yeah. And yeah. Um, what I was just thinking about is that there's like a lot of vulnerability porn on the internet. And um, I think you shouldn't <laughs> be vulnerable f just for being vulnerable, if this makes sense. Like um, if it comes natural, like for instance, I was like really, really depressed at a certain point in my life. And I've spoken about it a handful of times on my podcast. But I only did it when, like, the setting and the conversation and everything, and I fe felt like sharing it. Mm. But most times, I don't really feel like speaking about it. So why should I? So um, I think um, when the situation is right and when the setting is right, and then feel free to be vulnerable. But I don't think you have to be vulnerable like all the time. Does this make sense? Like there are no rules, I would say. So, but, but feel free to. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think sometimes people use vulnerability as a strategy or a tactic. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to say. This is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and it's not really being vulnerable. It's being yeah. manipulative. So yeah. <laughs> what I would say is, <laughs> Um, I would say, um, if you feel guided, there are times when I'm in a conversation and I'm like, I could share this. It's very vulnerable for me. Does that feel like something that would benefit the conversation? Is that something that I feel like I should share? And, you know, what are my feelings for not doing it? What are my feelings for doing it? And sometimes I'm just like, you know what? It's the truth of the moment. So I'm just going to say it. And um, there have been moments. And then after you can have disclosure remorse where you've like over disclosed and you're like going through that thing and you have to sit with your feelings and allow yeah. yourself to put through you um, and you'll get stronger. But if you're doing it, if you catch yourself being vulnerable to manipulate, yeah, then what you really want to do is be vulnerable that you're being vulnerable to manipulate. You want to actually say, <laughs> I'm catching myself doing something because I really want you to like me. And because I really want to come across right because, you know, I, I just, I want to look good and, you yeah. know, and it's embarrassing. A lot of people are doing that, I would true. say. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and, and you can just say that. And that's like the, the barest truth. And then you say, and, and I don't want to do that. And I apologize or whatever. And just like say it. And then you might find that that sparks the conversation. But yeah, being vulnerable to manipulate people is not. <laughs> 
being vulnerable. It's being manipulative, just to be clear. <laughs> it, yeah, and um, I think also um, uh, to sum this up, what's really important to understand for everyone is li who is listening to this, like you could act like a certain way and another way and people will still hate you. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, like you should think about like how, whom are you attracting long term? And um, I don't want to like put an act on and totally attract a, to a, a, the wrong set of people. Like for instance, um, I could be talking to someone uh, in a club or in a bar uh, and speak with them about like uh, soccer or football, but I'm, I hate the sport. Like I'm not interested at all in it. Like, Why should I gain a friend who's interested in soccer or football when I really hate talking about it? Like, for me, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So um, I'm, like, always trying to really be um, uncompromising with my character. Like, I just say what needs to be said. And um, if someone likes me, fantastic. If someone doesn't like me, no problem at all. Like, a ton of people love me and a lot of people hate me. But, um, yeah, so there are, like, 7 billion people out there. So, um <laughs> And my friend always says, I'm looking for the minority of one billion. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you if you think about it, too, I love what you're saying, because if you're um, if all of us are really here just seeking love, I mean, mm. fundamentally, everything we're doing is to either be loved or to experience love in some way. The money we make, the jobs we have, everything we're doing. Eventually, ultimately, if you ask someone why and you go down to the deepest level, it's because they want to be loved. Everybody. And so everything we're all doing all the time, aside from breathing together on the planet, that's one thing we do all the time together. <laughs> if you're conscious enough to hear this, the, the other thing that we do is um, we do all these things in order to be loved, right? Mm -hmm. And we have a choice to do all these other things or just like be the love that we are, be the expression that we are. And that's loving like that. And when we are loving, we experience love. So I would just say, be yourself and, and you don't know how it's going to land for someone later on. They may actually have something show up for them just because you were you, even if in the moment they were triggered by something else and try not to take everything. So personally, this is something I have to work on because, um, I tend to be like, Oh, what did I do? If someone's not happy or something happened, like, I think it's my fault. It's like, mm. a, it's a little kid thing in me that I had to kind of try and grow out of that still working on. But, you know, you have to just say, you know what, that's outside my hula hoop. Like that, mm. that's what my, <laughs> my, my uncle always says outside my hula hoop, what they're feeling like it has nothing to do with me. I'm just triggering something for them and we're reflecting mirrors for each other. And I do this thing, I just, I, you know, something I learned from a friend where um, I put, uh, first of all, you, you take one hand and you put it over the other, the right over the left. Mm -hmm. And you kind of just do this motion all the way from the, the base of your spine up over your head. It's, I'm rubbing my palms together if you're listening on the podcast with my right hand over my left from the base of my spine up. And then I take my right hand and put it on my heart, my left hand, and I put it out in front of me. And I just imagine a person, if they're giving you a hard time or they're saying something that's nasty or they're a hater or whatever, like, and I, I just say, you know, I send you infinite love from the creator and I release you to your highest good. And then I say, I send myself infinite love from the creator and I release myself to my highest good and literally just envision them getting filled up with light all the way through and you and then just zip up. And it's amazing. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it'll make you feel so different. When I say zip up, I mean, just go on the same path mm. with your hand, like a zipper, like you're imagining a zipper going over your torso. 
Um, but there's things that we can do to support each other that aren't even in, you know, in conversation. And there's things that we can do to support ourselves that aren't even in conversation too. Yeah. And I think, um, that if you are really unapologetic about who you are, like people at the end of the day might not like it, but they will respect it. So yeah. I was just thinking about one guy and I have his brother on the show in a couple of days and this guy is like so controversial and he's saying things like I would be afraid to, to share on <laughs> social media and he's like and he has like um really he's sharing things that most people would be afraid to share and um he's like really really <laughs> controversial But um, I am so inspired by him being so authentic because you can clearly see this guy doesn't give a fuck at all. He's like really, truly being himself. And he's like really, really honest. Like he isn't saying things to be controversial. He's put he isn't putting an act on like this guy is the real deal. And um, I don't agree with a lot of things that he's saying. And I think a lot of things that he's saying is bullshit. But um, I think um, (laughs) He's uh, he's really inspiring to me because uh, he's so authentic. And I think most people are really not trying to step on anyone's toes, try, uh, are trying to be politically correct. They're trying to always say the right thing. And um, yeah, and I think it's like living life like that is really boring, I think. so. <laughs> um, I love that you're saying that. And, you know, I, I'd be curious what your thoughts are on this. I had Dr. John Martini on my show a while back, and he said when... Uh, two people come together and they are misaligned in values. Like I'm paraphrasing because you said it way more eloquently, but when our values don't align, right, mm. it builds hatred and resentment. And when our values do align, it builds love and affinity. And our world right now is very polarized uh, in many different places based on different politics values, different and, yeah. politics and, and beliefs and values and us versus them. And you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm wondering like one of the things I love in what you're saying is you're like, yeah, he is just who he is and that's okay. And I don't agree with him. I think a lot of it's BS, but, yeah. but you're, you're honoring. Andrew Tate, has- shout out. <laughs> his name <laughs> hey, is Andrew, Andrew Tate. So. <laughs> I love you, but you're saying a lot of bullshit. So <laughs> what I love about uh, what you're saying and about you and how you're showing up is you're like, that's his thing. Yeah. And you're honoring that we can be different and we can all have different, opinions and you can still respect someone for disagreeing. So I'm wondering like, what's your take on that? Like with our world, the way that we're so split, you know, right now with everything and all of these divides, um, what's your opinion on how we kind of do us authentically and still maintain collective cohesion as a humanity without blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Well, you are now opening a box here, I would say. (laughs) I need a drink. One moment. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Feel your feelings. feelings, (laughs) Um, So I don't really have an answer for that, to be honest. Like, um, I think at the end of the day, um, if you really care about being authentic and if you really care about, like, um, being yourself, you would just be yourself. Like I couldn't do it like any other way. Like, um, it would be impossible for me to, to put an act on, on this podcast. Like I would hate myself. Like my desire to be honest and authentic is too high to put an act on. And I think, um, it comes down to desire at the end of the day, if this uh, answers your question, I don't know if there's a how, like, um, how we could, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm Why did I miss the point? (laughs) No, no, it's yeah, it's it. It's about like how do we? I mean, because if each one of us are truly being ourselves and our values can be different, like I, there needs to be like some sort of a collective agreement where we let people be themselves. But it's tough when. I mean, there's things that feel like they're hurting other people. Like it's just an interesting thing to me. And how do we how do we operate so, in so, that so, with authenticity, but also yeah. So what what you're trying to uh, uh, I think I now just got your question. So what you're trying to say is that um, how can we all be authentic without offending others? Or well, collectively. So for example, there are people that are highly racist in mm-hmm. the world, and that's authentically who they are. They're highly racist people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, yeah, I have a real issue with that value-wise, right? <laughs> I don't. I no problem. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think, like, I mean, at what level does authenticity in a collective environment become yeah. a challenge? Like, and, and how do we manage that? And, I mean, uh, it's just interesting because people, I feel, are I'm, – I'm shocked. Like, pe- some people that I know personally – I'm shocked at sometimes when they say things, I'm like, you really believe that? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure they're shocked when I'm like, oh yeah, and this is cosmic soup and you know, whatever. I'm sure they have their own thing about me, but, but I don't feel like what I'm doing is necessarily hurting someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm, it's just yeah, interesting because so polarized right now that I'm just wondering how we deal with the issues for humanity to move us forward and at the same time allow for authenticity and being ourselves. And at what level does that hit a wall? I, I, I think um, there have to be like certain rules, obviously, because yeah. if everyone would be like really authentic, like someone would run around with an ax or something in my street. So obviously we need some policies at the end of the day and we need certain rules um, at the end of the day uh, as uh, everything would go like batshit crazy in the world. But I think um, I really, really deeply, uh, deeply value um, the freedom of speech. And I think if someone is saying really controversial things, I think he should be allowed to say that. And I would totally go against the grain with everyone who is saying, oh, we should censor people on this and we should censor people on that. I think it's um, a slippery slope that um, you are seeing nowadays on every social media platform. For instance, a podcast guest of mine was recently recently banned on Twitter um, for tweeting about someone was publishing like an article about a pedophile or something. And um, he just he just wrote something around the lines like um, uh, this guy needs a rope like so he should kill himself or something like that. He was banned for saying that he was banned for saying that. And he lost like 100,000 followers for just saying that Mm. just like. Now, now we should be clapping when when someone is a pedophile or what? Like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I totally get everyone who was reporting him. Like, okay, this isn't like the nicest thing to say, and yada yada yada. I totally get Zars' side. Like, but um, I think like freedom of speech is so important. And when you're looking at uh, Twitter, and his name is AJ, he's not banned anymore. Um, Twitter just uplifted the band, like couple of days ago or something but he was banned for months or something so um but w- when you're looking at facebook and twitter and all those social media platforms like people are getting banned for really saying silly things or uh for for saying things like that 
And I think um, you shouldn't get banned for saying something like this. And um, yeah, for instance, if you are like highly political, like a lot of people who are right wing have been banned like all the time because uh, I think like Twitter is owned by like a lot of left wing people. And um, if you have like totally uh, different politically views, uh, political views, uh, you get shadow banned on Twitter. So um, I think people should share their opinions, even though they are silly, they should be free to share their political opinions. Like if someone is pro Trump, like everyone is going after him, like I'm not pro Trump or against Trump, but um, like they should be allowed to say what they uh, feel like saying, in my opinion. But yeah, it's it's tough because there's a point where it's like, is it is what they're saying really hurtful to another yeah. part of society? And like, sure. at what point I, do you? It's really tough, and I and I do agree that there's something better in us addressing it than putting submerging it. Like, I feel one of the things I love about uh, Marianne Williamson and, and our conversation was she was talking about um, you don't turn away, like you that that. He, she was talking about how spiritual people and that that are in our whole kind of like uh, community has shifted. Spiritual entrepreneurs have shifted um, the health industry. Now we have a wellness industry, not just kind of like the places where we treat disease. Like there's different industries that have gotten transformed through bringing attention and focusing on it. And there's a subsection of our population that just is like, ah, it's too heavy. I don't want to focus on it. I'm not going to look at that. If I don't focus on it, then it won't affect me. Right. And she was talking about how we really need to bring our attention to and our love and our consciousness to the things that are happening and shift the conversations that we're having by by focusing it because it doesn't get to run if you're mm. there and you're bringing your attention to it. And um, so I think it's great what you're saying about freedom of speech to it and being able to bring the conversation up. Challenges, there's so yeah. much polarization. And, and, and hate speech, sure. It's a problem, hate, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. So I've been kind of sitting in that inquiry. I do feel like our leadership model has been changing too. I feel like, or so we're looking at the structures that we have for leadership now. And I think that kind of like, look at me, I have the answers I know, and you need to follow me and da, 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 to that doesn't work, but we know it doesn't work, but we haven't really taken the step to what's next. And so, um, but I'm feeling called to, and I've been, I've been feeling the stirring in my own soul about um, starting to shift into the expression of the voice of our souls collectively and how we can collectively bring our voice to uh, start to make change on the planet for humanity together. Because I do believe that each one of us is a piece in that puzzle. Who we be collectively can shift things. And I have a friend who, he has this, uh, the Mosaic podcast, and he is, um, oh, he's all big, about... Oh, big podcast. I was talking to this guy a couple of weeks Danny, ago. What's his yeah, name? Irvin Danny or something? Danny Damn. Daniel, Daniel, yeah, he's he's yeah, awesome. Yeah, you should yeah. totally have him on if you feel guided to. But anyway, he's he's amazing, and he talks about bringing the um, the voice to the voiceless, and how you can um, start to uh, really like get the voices of other people to help solve solutions. And he has something that he's doing where you he said there was this horse race a long time ago, and it was these people came in and they all had like a I think it was like a hexagon or something. He could tell you the story better. But they had all of the answers for all of the different horses that could win the race. And they had people individually vote and people collectively vote for the whole day of horse races. And on the um, the collective vote, everyone got every horse race right, right when they moved it together. 
on the uh, individual vote, only one person got one horse race right. So collectively, we have answers as a human species that we may not necessarily have access to unless we can put ourselves together and bring that unique gift the to The iPhone. Of us. Like, without Steve Jobs, I wouldn't have it. Like, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, but those are things that I think. And anyway, it's in my my heart and my mind right now. To it, I feel like we need to take that next leap as an evolution. So I'm I'm looking at what that's going to be. It's interesting that you're bringing uh, this topic up because um, a couple of days ago I was reading Krishnamurti and he's like an Indian philosopher. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, I I I I think he's a great guy, but some of his books are like really complicated. So, um, <laughs> but he was like basically saying that um, two persons already are creating a society, and if you want to make a change in your society and or in our society, you have to start with yourself. Because he was uh, talking about the point that you, uh, you that you've addressed like in the first uh, third of our conversation about like, hey, we are manifesting everything that is around us. So we obviously have to start with ourselves. So if you want to change the society, um, you have to start with yourself. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And that is that unique voice of our own souls individually. Yeah. And that's where I feel like I've really been focusing a lot of my work is on helping people to express and experience the voice of their soul so they get to know the essence of who they are. And I feel like there's a next level for that when it comes to us collectively joining together. I feel like there's an evolution happening in consciousness and in humanity where we're all kind of collectively waking up. And if, you know, the hundredth monkey, where they say, if you have a group of a hundred monkeys that learn a skill, mm -hmm. right? Like they learn to floss their teeth with a, you know, a leaf or something. All of the monkeys will then be able to do it. If they learn to use a utensil, all of the monkeys start to be able to do it. And so for us, and I'm not calling us monkeys necessarily, but I'm saying we are. <laughs> we are as we learn and, and so we develop. And I think that is starting with us, right? The, the ripple effect, there's like a, a critical, uh, there's a critical mass that we reach. There's a point when things start to shift. Mm. And so, and I feel like we've been moving towards that and evolving. And I feel like the opposite of is, is either is, accelerating that or it's showing up after that. I don't know what the causality is in that, but I'm mm. starting to see a lot of this, the impact of that in the world around us too. Um, so it's really so interesting. It's, it's an interesting time to be alive. I, this might be a silly example, but I was just thinking about um, that because a lot of like entrepreneurs and people in Silicon Valley and who are building companies, um, a lot of them are now focusing on uh, creating like freelance shops around the world. And I think this is like also like a total game changer because those people are like building those platforms such as like Fiverr or Freelance or Upwork or how all the, uh, how, how all the, they are called, like whatever. But um, it also changed like the experience for so, so many people because now so, so many people all around the globe are like working from home and um, they don't have to commute every morning. They don't have a boss. And um, so I think like everyone can have like a huge impact on a million different people. Like for a fact, you po probably changed uh, 
the opinions or the viewpoints or the beliefs of your listeners a million different times. So um, I think everyone can contribute to our society and, and probably is contributing already. Like the, we need the guys at the grocery store. We need the taxi drivers. We need every one of them uh, as the society wouldn't function, fun, function probably. So um, it's amazing. Yeah. And you don't know who you're going to impact. Like I had a yeah, woman that's who a was great... in England. She's like, I'm in a corporate job and I'm, you know, I'm working and I'm doing my thing. And she's like, and I was miserable. And she's like, I was listening to your show and um, I would go and take your podcast out with me at lunch and walk around. And she said, and I said, someday I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to go and I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to become successful enough that I can be on her on this podcast. And sure enough, she left corporate, went out, started her own coaching practice, went to six figures reached out to me and was like, told me your story. And I'm like, you're coming on the show. So let's do it. And, um, <laughs> Very cool. and so those things, and, and my friend was in like Phoenix and there was someone driving an Uber out there and, uh, that was talking to him cause he had an iPad. He's like, well, what shows do you listen to? And he's like, you know, had the iPad and he's like, Oh, spiritual entrepreneur. That's right. I know her. He's like, you know her. And he's like, yeah, I've been on the show. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're like we're good friends yeah. and he's like you know i've moved out here um and i've been listening to that and it's been helping me to start you know doing my work and, and i'm just ubering part-time while i build out my business it's like a bridge job and so you don't know who you're impacting by you sharing that voice of your soul and being the leader that you're meant to be in the world from your own soul's authentic expression and i would even go so far and say that um all the benefits in life uh come like after a couple of years. And um, for instance, when you go to the gym, like I didn't look good at all after a couple of years, but I have been training now for 10 years. So um, good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> thanks. But um, um, I think like it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like at first, it's like really, really hard. And then it just gets easier and easier and better and better. And um, also for podcasting, like at first, it was like really, really hard to get guests and so on and so forth. But after a while, like, you get so, so many opportunities. Like I get opportunities left and right and left and right that I wouldn't get like one year ago. It, it wouldn't never, ever, ever happen. So um, just by um, like publishing content and publishing podcasts and blog posts or writing books and all the different things, I think you are really stacking your odds of success. Like I, for a fact, know I have stacked my odds of success for uh, um, by doing this podcast. So um, I think it's like a really big key takeaway for everyone who's listening to this because um, I think there isn't like a clear path to success. There are like a lot of things we obviously know which aren't working. Like if you're lazy and you're doing nothing, like uh, <laughs> you won't get rich probably. But um. I think we don't exactly know how to get there. So I think it's really important to think about like, um, how can I increase my odds to get there? And I think um, creating a podcast, writing a book, uh, talking to uh, successful people, quote unquote, um, can definitely stack the odds in your favor. So. And it gives you a legacy, you know, if something were to happen and we just lost Kobe Bryant at the time of recording this and yeah. I know <laughs> me, I if you don't like, I haven't, no, <laughs> I haven't, I, I was talking to two people already on the show and no, nobody brought up Kobe. So thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I played basketball in college. So I'm a little bit yeah. partial to basketball, but, um, 
but just an, an extraordinary soul, you know? And so him and his daughter, like, and you, and she's young, she's like 13. So you, you don't know how long you have. And the work that if, if we were to stop podcasting today, we've got episodes as long as someone pays our hosting fee to, if we were to stop podcasting right now, we would have all these episodes if someone paid our media hosting bill that could live on in perpetuity and be a legacy for other people. All the stuff that we've done is out there. And it's my book, my kids' books there, my song. Those things that we create and we put out from our own soul's voice are also a legacy. And I, I do want to speak to something that you said about um, how it's hard in the beginning when you're podcasting. Because I know for me with getting guests too, it was like, okay, well, I don't really know who I want to have on. But there's this one thing that I did that really worked well for me. And it was at the end of the episode, I, I started with people that I knew really well, because if I made a mistake, I felt like they'd be generous. And also they were, they were people that I knew that were doing really well in their lives. And, um, and so we had this conversation at the end. I was like, well, now that you know, um, what the show's like, who would be your number one or number two guests? that would be perfect for the show. And I would just zip it. And then I'd be like, would you be willing to make an introduction? Mm-hmm. And that question, I had people, some people referred like 10 amazing people to me. Some people would refer like, I don't know who, but you just ask each time and you'd be amazed at how much that would grow your guest list with extraordinary people you would normally not connect with. Mm. And, um, and, you know, just to kind of fill in too, like I've got seven months of the show now recorded, um, already. And I have people, I have a wait list of people that want to be on the show and it's just been, you know, what, four years now, three something years. It's, it, the impact of that, uh, the more that you do it, the more that people want to be on. And I'm turning people away all the time who want to be on the show just because I don't have space. You know, I want to also share my voice too now. So I'm doing more of me <laughs> this year in the past. It was always, and I don't do five episodes a week either. So, mm. but if you think about it, if you do, you know, one episode a week, you know, and really I think like, it's enough. Like you don't have to be as yeah. crazy as I am. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I love that you do five. That's amazing. Yeah, hey, do I, I've own- done two a day for two months or something, and yeah. So. And do you do do you edit them yourself? Do you have a team that uh, team awesome. edits them? But um, I I uh I don't like edit the arms and all those things. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, So I don't think they don't have a lot of work to do. Probably <laughs> they just edit to start and like when my phone's ringing or something. But um, yeah, I try to keep the conversations like really natural. Like I know for a fact a lot of people have like really heavily edited podcasts. And um, for some of them, it's obviously working, but um, I think, uh, yeah, it's, you don't have working. to. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think um, what you've mentioned about like getting guests, I think it it's really important. Uh, a lot of people are like I see it like all the time, like I'm not getting pitched like 10 times a day or something. But um, when I'm getting pitched and someone wants to hop on my show or uh, they want me to hop on their show, you can clearly see they copy and pasted their message. And I'm like, man, fuck you. Like, <laughs> like I don't have time for that. They're, they're sending me like a wall of text and it's obviously like copy and pasted and um like uh i'm not a huge celebrity or something but if you don't even get me on the podcast good luck getting like any like 
someone with 100,000 followers on, on Twitter or something on your show. It's like impossible with those kind of messages. So for everyone who is listening to this, I think the best advice for emailing uh, potential guests is to send them something highly, highly personalized, like not something generic, like, oh, I've, I don't know. I think what you're doing is great. Like, oh, come on, you, you've never listened to my podcast. We both know that. So, um, but if you are like pointing out to something very specific they've said in an episode or they have written in an article and you're really sharing your thoughts, um, flattery works. Let's leave it at that. So <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. And if you can say too, like if they've, they've impacted you, let them know. Like be yeah. like, you know, when you, this work that you did had this impact on me. Yeah. Like there's nothing that will get me on a show faster than for someone yeah. to tell me. I was walking around at lunch listening to your podcast and like, this is the thing that happened and it was amazing, right? Like you're going to be, that's the kind of thing where you're, it's your impact too. You get to be a part of helping support them. So I think that's big. And yeah, for sure it works. It's, <laughs> it's authentically vulnerable, <laughs> not manipulative at all. Just share it. So, um, at the end, I always ask five questions to every guest. But um, before I ask those five questions, what would you tell to everyone who is listening to this episode on spirituality, entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship, and all the different things that we've talked about today? I really think the most important thing that you can do is get to know yourself, get to know what you love, get to know what matters to you, get to know that voice of your soul. And if that takes some trial and error, do it. Like, don't be like, oh, I got to figure it all out right now. You won't figure it out in your head. There are people that will sit there for years and be like, I'm working on my website. <laughs> I've got to figure this thing out. Right. And, and the truth of the matter is if you want to see what's on the other side of a hill, you have to start walking until you get to the top and then you can see the other side. And the only way that you're going to start to understand yourself and what you're about and what your message is about is to start and to start putting things out now, get to know the people that you want to serve. They're most likely going to be a lot like you. So knowing yourself is going to help you a lot with that. So I would say, get to know yourself. Um, don't try and be like everybody else. You know, there may be some skill sets that you want to pick up that will help you, but use the skills that are um, guided by your intuition. Allow yourself to be the guide and know how your intuition works. One of the things I love to do is ask you know, how do you know when you know something? Do you hear something? Do you feel something? Where do you feel it in your body? Do you see something? Start to know your own formula for discovering what's true for you and use that as a litmus test for everything that you do in business and just trust that you know best. You may be like, well, they've been doing it longer. They've been thinking this. No, yes, that's great. You can seek counsel. You have law or lawyers or accounting do it, but, um, always check it against that litmus test and trust that voice of your soul. And the last thing I would just leave you with on that is um, there are people right now that are in the world that are waiting for the unique gifts that you have. And the more that you put it off, the longer they're going to go without help, the longer they're going to go without being served because you're the unique person who's meant to help them. So if for no other reason, even if you're scared, allow yourself to take those first steps, whatever they are, even if it's just one a week, you do one a week in a month, you'll have done four. You do one a day in a month, you'll have done, you know, 20, right? So allow yourself to just do those baby steps to get yourself moving and take it as a great transformational seminar. You know, <laughs> if something comes up, 
bring your attention, bring all of you to it, allow it to teach you. You have an amazing teacher inside of you that's wanting to share with you on your journey. So those are my thoughts. Where can people connect with you on the social webs to work with you and so on and so forth? Yeah. So my main website's deviadea.com and that's D-E-V like Victor, I-A-D-E-A.com. And all my handles are the same on any of the platforms. And I too, I'm not a huge social person, but I do post, uh, posting more in 2020 <laughs> on, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I posted the other day and Twitter. So, um, but you can always find me too on my show. So I have spiritualentrepreneur.com, which is linked to my main website and uh, podcastersonpurpose.com is actually my podcast on purpose website for my podcast show. Got it. So um, the first out of the five question is, um, what are the three books that had the greatest influence on your life? I just saw those questions before I came on. Okay. So <laughs> I'd have to say um, Autobiography of a Yogi, for sure. Um, mm. Had a big impact. I've, I've heard it a couple of times already. Yeah. Well, Steve Jobs gave it out at the graduation that he ta spoke at. That I think it was at Stanford the last time. Didn't so maybe. That people yeah if you talk to a lot of high-tech people that's probably how they found it um yogananda is actually the i grew up with swamis and he's kind of there in the lineage of that so his book is pretty pretty exceptional if you're into any kind of like yogic path that made a big difference for me it, it literally feels like it changes your vibration when you're reading it like there's something about it um you like talked about Tim Ferriss. I love the four hour work week that totally shifted my paradigm around, um, Oh, what you can do all this stuff. I learned so much that I wanted more. And he was one of those people that kind of got me down my path of starting to look into how, uh, you could be outsourcing and doing things virtually and, um, doing business with the micro retirements or whatever he calls them, mini retirements. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think most business books suck, but um, this one was really a good one. <laughs> really, I, really I've good. also like we read a couple of chapters, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah. a great book. And then, um, gosh, there's so many. I'm gonna have to pick. I'm gonna say "Ask and It Is Given" by Abraham Hicks. Uh, they have a really good book if you're looking to shift your vibration and change through games. They have games in there and they talk a lot about uh, law of attraction and that kind of thing. I think it's a really good book. And it, for finance, can I give you just one more? <laughs> it's, Ten it's like more, a, okay. like. um, so rich, oh, well, then I'll give you two more, but uh, rich dad, poor dad with, with uh, Robert Kiyosaki was amazing where um, he really shifts how we, we spend and what our patterns are and the psychology around it. There's a whole cash flow game around that. That's great to watch how people do money. And then, um, What's the other one? It is Think and Grow Rich is a great book, too, around that. So a lot of consciousness and business and spirituality, obviously, are going to be the books that I <laughs> tend to read. I'm reading Marianne Williamson's right now because um, she's coming back on. Um, it's called The Law of Divine Compensation. And it's really powerful where it talks about how you can, um, that that really nothing that is real can be destroyed Uh and nothing that is unreal exists. And you get to shift how you create finances and your money in your life too. So that's as far as I've gotten. I'm in three chapters in. So, so um, I go on there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second question is, uh, what are the three movies that you have enjoyed the most? Disney movies? No, I love <laughs> all the Disney movies. <laughs> I'm such a big kid. Um, 
Yeah, I actually did like a lot of the Disney movies when I was a kid, like Little Mermaid and okay, I'm totally dating myself again. <laughs> I loved Frozen as an adult. <laughs> but really any of the um I, I just love Disney movies. Um I would also say The Secret had a big impact on me. If you it's not like a mainstream movie, but I thought that was a pretty incredible one. And Isn't when I was it a like kid, very popular? Is it now? I don't know. It yeah, used to be. I would say so. I yeah, would say so. Um, when it came out, it was like the first affirmation of what I already knew, like I had been doing, but I was like, oh, these people are talking about the stuff. And that was before I was fully out, you know, spiritually on iTunes. So <laughs> I came out spiritually on iTunes, I always say, but, um, <laughs> but it was good for me to see that because it was such an affirmation of what I already knew, like to have mm-hmm. someone else mainstream on a movie, talk about that. That was the impact for that. And then as a kid, I must have watched Grease like 50 times. I just love the dancing and the singing and all that. So, um, yeah. So, I know they're not super intellectual movies, but I did love those. They don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the third question is, uh, what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory? Hmm. My iPhone 11. It's a new one? New one. Mm. Yeah, this one, I just did amazing photo shoot in the backyard and um, the pictures are incredible. They have this thing called um, portrait mode mm-hmm. and the portrait mode, you can change the, you can change the settings and it actually, it does the um, depth of field so that it, it brings, it shrinks you in and then uh, blurs out the background. So you can get incredible looking photos. Uh, and like it from, also just, they, they probably look like from a professional, like a $500 camera, right? I have a $500, I have a $600 something dollar camera. It's not nearly as good as this. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. Crazy. I'm not saying a lot. Like, I, I had Sean Cannell on my show who does a lot with YouTube. And he was, I use the camera that he recommends. And I actually kind of like the video on that better. Um, just because this one shows too much. <laughs> the video on that's better. But um, he actually... Uh, that he had recommended that that camera and it's it's a great camera and before i had my phone it was like the only thing i wanted to use but now these pictures on here are so easy to take they don't have as quick of a click but mm-hmm. they're just they're really good high really quality, quality. Very high. i got i just put it out in like on my profile and i don't know i like 200 and some people just like my profile picture within like half a day it was crazy i'm like what is this is sunday and i'm getting all this love from my phone and no one ever comments on my photos or pictures I, i'm not a social media person necessarily yeah, me neither yeah. I'm, I'm only yeah. posting gym selfies i'm guilty of that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't have any of those no <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so i would say definitely this and um you know and, and all the apps that are on here are incredible i've been using i've been doing something really cool um i had this woman whose course i took that was called one time your business where you basically break things up into on time, in time. So on time, working on your business, in time, working in your business, off time, off your business, and then one time where if there's anything that you would do ongoingly, you would one time that activity, meaning you would, you know, take an hour a day where you'd systematize anything like emails that you would constantly send, or if there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, something that you refer people to, you'd make it into a page, whatever you would systematize everything. And so I had a woman on my show that ran three businesses in three days or four days a week. I think it was three businesses in four days. And I was like, what do you do? Because I wanted to know, (laughs) how do you do that? And she said she does her email at certain times of the day. 
But not only that, she also does her email based upon like activity. So depending upon the business or what she's doing in the business, she batches her email. And I'm big on batching. I batch my podcast. I batched a week of recording and now I have seven months, right? So Tim Paris will be proud, I would say. Inspiring, <laughs> Tim, let me just say. <laughs> shout out, Tim. Yeah, shout out. So um so the uh what I've been doing is I've been kind of taking those two concepts and putting them together. And on my phone I created something called um inside of reminders, the reminders app that's on there. I broke out like uh, on time, one time, in time, off time, and then I have like a power hour kind of thing that I do. What's that? Um Power hour would be like where I make, you know, I reach out to people for business or like touch points mm. kind of thing. Um, but with the on money making hour, it sounds like you, that. You yeah. could call it that a revenue hour, whatever you want to call it. But it's yeah. it's an hour where I I just I do a lot more connecting than I would if I wasn't doing that. Um, and then I did that on my email too. I made a little at the top of the email. I have a batch, and I put on time, in time, uh, one time, and off time, and then unsubscribe. And I'm only allowing myself to be subscribed to five emails, like five people right now, because it's so distracting. And what I'm doing is in the morning, I'm sorting everything into those folders and then midday and then in the evening, um, I go through and I basically will handle all of the different categories at the different times. And I have one for media that I just do in my media days, but it saves me hours of time. It's incredible. And my inbox is now zero. Like I don't... Mm. It's incredible. I've unsubscribed from so many things that were pulling my focus. And I used to do them individually. And by the way, I think it's a great habit to get into because I'm not subscribed to any email list whatsoever for like six months or nine months. And it saves like a lot of time because you're getting so many like unwanted emails. Like, um, so I think it's a great habit to get into. I'm using like Unroll Me, the service is called. It's yeah. free. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I used to use Unroll Me too, but oh, you know, okay. But cool. it, I actually found that I was unrolling stuff that I eventually wanted, and it still unrolled it. So I unrolled, unrolled me, but it's good. It's a really good service. But what the, are you uh, using now? I just or literally just okay. I sort them in, and then with the unsubscribe, at first it was like fifty unsubscribes this day, you know, forty this day. Like it was a lot, but when you do them all at once, they're fast, right? Mm -hmm because you're just in that mode, it's the switching and the decision fatigue that we get into when we have to decide. And so I would be like unsubscribing from this, then what do I do with this person? And then I got to do this thing. And I was switching around and having them in folders has made a big difference. And then the one other thing that I've been doing that's been really great since 2020 is I made a text outbox uh, in my reminders folder too. And I was noticing I would get a lot of text messages during the day and then I'd respond and we'd go back and forth and I would pull myself out of my important things that I had scheduled to reply to urgencies. Now you can oh, also- Oh, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing that all the time, so. Yeah, and so yeah. you know what I mean. And so what totally, I said yeah. is, all right, from now on, I'm gonna put them in the text out box. And so I get a text and I'm like, okay, do I need to answer that right now? No, it's, I'm gonna treat it like email. And I use my computer and I just type in my computer, if I'm on my computer on my phone, um, the name of the person, the title of the text, and then I click on the I and I put in, I type in what my response would be. And then at the end of the day, before I do my email, I send out all those text replies. I just copy paste them in and then I do my email stuff. And then by the time I come back, they've responded and I reply and then I shut down mm. and it's saving me. I don't even know just the switching in my brain. I'm not designed that way 
it gives me time to really listen more and focus more deeply on what I'm doing when I'm not constantly being pulled out and making decisions about things in the moment. I just do them all at once. So, mm. so that's yes. what, and that's all being this very productive nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Well, I decided, you know, I want to do things that make my life easier. And so, and this phone is really, that's a great tool for doing some of those things too. Some of the things I'm doing with my phone, pictures and task management. <laughs> 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 so um the fourth question is uh what are the most important realizations you've had in the last couple of years and we had some guests who shared something deeply personal about their relationships uh time um their career travel so speak to anything you feel comfortable sharing with us today most important realizations um You know, my, my dad and it was recently in the hospital and he had a pacemaker put in and, um, he was back and forth a few times. And I think, you know, I've always known that time is precious. You know, I've always known that because I had someone pass away when I was really young, but there's been something in watching my parents go through what they're going through and, and seeing them like my dad's 82 and he's still running a law firm and he's still working and he's like winding that down. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of looking at his journey and I know he's never going to retire. He's going to step into doing his spiritual work, but I feel like, um, there's a point, I, there's a point where we just start to recognize that this journey is, is definitely going to end. We don't know when Kobe's another reminder for me about that. I feel like that's been a big realization for me with my folks is our health matters. Like I tend to take that for granted. I tend to be like, oh yeah. I'm super, you know, hearty stock, like I'm going to be fine. But, um, but I tend to work and just not listen to what I need to do with my body, not go out and, you know, do the workout. So this year I've been, I gave up gluten, dairy, sugar, um, which for me is like a, kind of a big deal. And I've been waking up at like four 30 in the morning, which I don't normally do, but I've just been like, yeah, out of bed. And I realized that, I used to like to stay up to have that quiet time and psychic space where there wasn't anyone else around me, but I feel like that's available from four to six and it's a time when you're rested because you've already slept. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying using that time and then also exercising and bringing that in, going to the gym, going to the beach and walking. And I'm like, I set a new rule for myself that I don't go more than three days without exercising, which may not sound like a lot to someone who goes to the gym for 10 years, but for me, <laughs> Even if it means that I go out and I, I walk around the block a few times and I pop on like a podcast or whatever, like just moving my body more and being more um, present and making better choices for my physicality is a big deal. So um, that's been a big realization. Um, we had some pregnancy losses, my husband and I, and I for a long time, I'm one of those people who just keeps knocking on the door. Like I'm like, all right, let's go. We'll do it again. Okay, let's not <laughs> And it took me a while to just recognize sometimes you knock so hard and there's no answer and there's a reason. Like maybe there's a reason you're supposed to shift your focus and your creativity into something else. And so I consciously made a choice after going through eight that I was like, this is probably not supposed to be a part of my path. Like I shouldn't keep pushing and knocking and trying to make this happen. I'm going to take all that creative energy and I'm going to put it into my business And I've, I feel like if I hadn't, if I had had a child, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing with my work. 
Like, I think the people that I'd be meant to serve, I, I get so focused on the people closest to me. I think that would have become my life until I, a lot later. And so I think also learning when to let go and learning to, to listen to that voice inside, because I could, it was like a no, a no, a no, you know, and it was painful to go through that over and over. So uh, another reason why I stopped focusing in on my body as much, because I was like, you know, well, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, <laughs> dude. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so that was part of, part of my journey too. And, and lesson. And then I think the other thing I would say, I really feel like there is, there's some part of me that talks to me about what's needed that I don't always listen to. And that's that stirring I'm having right now around conscious leadership and feeling this call to step into something bigger. And I feel like, um, the lesson and the realization for me is that I need to make the time in my calendar and my space for that voice to be sharing even more with me, not just in the morning and the evening and having like, you know, a miracle morning hour, whatever. Like, I mean, I mean, like really giving myself time. So my calendar right now, as I've showed, showed you those things that I'm doing with my email to make space, I have a big wall calendar. I put a, a yellow line around the last week or two, depending upon if it's a four week month or five week month. And I'm calling it a soul centered time. And what that means is it's really just me allowing myself to be inner guided and directed by that voice inside as to what it is that I'm supposed to do with that time. And so I'm scheduling everything else in the first three weeks of the month, my meetings, my appointments and all that, this was already scheduled or I probably would have, you know, I wouldn't be having this time with you when we're doing this interview, but there's you and wickedly smart women. I'm doing two interviews today and then I'm done with that for the rest of the year. I've got all those blocked off and I'm not putting new stuff in there. I'm just really keeping that time, um, scheduled, you know, for that inner direction. And I feel like that is going to have a huge impact on the trajectory of where I go in my life is making time for that. And so I, there's things that I feel that I know that I don't always pay attention to. And, um, this year I really want to make the space to be able to have that grace in my life, to be able to have that knowing, um, and let that be my guide for my business even more, you know, than just kind of like pockets or following intuition and, and hits. Want to give a lot of room. Because so, I think, um, when you're running around and you're always busy and always working, like you won't have any good ideas. So um, mm -hmm. that's why I'm also, or because that's also why I've cut down like on the podcast volume, because I wasn't like focused so much on my actual business and I had no good ideas and so on and so forth. So um, I've reduced the volume to only five per week. Um, <laughs> oh where I'm doing no work on Saturday and Sunday and um, it was like one of my best decisions in the past week. So that's awesome. Yeah. And that's another reason why I batched all those episodes is I'm like, if I get them done, then I, they can be in editing and, you know, pre-scheduled and then I'm leaving pockets in there too for magic. Like I'm going to have some mm -hmm. Debbie downloads that I can slide in and out if I want, you know, but um, some sponsored episode spots and those kinds of things, but really just it's, I'm with you making the room for what we need to, to give us the insight and the inspiration and guidance. The last question for the day is, uh, what would you tell your 20 year old self? 
have fun. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, she did. She had a lot of fun. Um, 20 year old self. I would probably say, uh, it's safe to be you. Like, um, I think I waited too long. I mean, if I could accelerate, if I could change anything, it would be to accelerate how long it took me to get to the point of being willing to share my voice and my soul. Um, so I would probably say to that 20 year old girl, you're enough as you are. Um, your gifts are a gift to the world. And, uh, I would probably say what I tell other people right now, that there are people that are waiting for what you have to share and you need to just trust that voice inside and allow yourself to express and have a dive buddy. And I would probably say that to her. Um, I'd give her a big hug and I'd give her a lot of encouragement and, um, I would just, you know, I would say, learn what you need to learn, but follow what you know to be true. Thank you so much for the episode. Thank you so much for the time and, uh, sharing your story, sharing your advice with us. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real honor. I appreciate you. Have a good day. See ya. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Also, make sure to share the podcast and tell your friends about it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I'll see you in the next episode. Over and out. <laughs>